Chapter Thirteen of *The Prelude to Adventure* by Hugh Walpole. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Thirteen, Mrs. Craven, One. Afterwards, lying in his easy chair before his fire, he was allowed a brief and beautiful respite. It was almost as though he were already dead as though consciously he might lie there apart from the world freed from the eternal pursuit at last unharassed and hold with both hands that glorious certainty margaret he had a picture of her now he was lying where he had tumbled there on the floor with the silver trays and boxes the odd tables the gimcrack chairs all about him slowly he had opened his eyes and had gazed instantly as though the gates of heaven had rolled back for him into her face she was kneeling on the floor one hand was behind his head the other bathed his forehead he could see her breasts so little so gentle rise and fall beneath her thin dress and her great dark eyes caught his soul and held it in that one great moment god withdrew for the first time in his knowledge of her they were alone and in the kiss that he gave to her when he drew her down to him they met for the first time death and the anger of god might come to him that great moment could never be taken from him it was his he had seen that she was gravely distressed with his fainting and he had been able to give her no reason beyond the heat of the room he could see that she was puzzled and felt that there was some mystery there that she was not to know but she too had found in that last kiss a glorious certainty that no other hazard could possibly destroy he loved her she loved him let the gods thunder but he knew nevertheless as he lay back there in the chair that he had received a sign that primrose path with margaret was not to be allowed him and so sure was he that now he could lie back and look at it all as though he were a spectator and wonder in what way god intended to work it out the other side of him the fighting battling creature was for the moment dormant soon bunning would come in and then the fight would begin again but for the instant there was peace the first peace that he had known since that far-away evening in st martin's chapel as with a drowning man it is said so now with olva his past life stretched in panorama before him he saw the high rocky grey building with its rough shape and shaggy lichen its neglected courtyard its iron-barred windows the gaunt trees like witches that hemmed it the white ribbon of road far far below it the shining gleam of the river hidden by purple hills he saw his father huge flowing grey beard eyes stuck like leeches on to his weather-beaten face his gnarled and knotted hands he saw himself a tiny boy with thin black hair and grave eyes watching his father as he bathed in the mill-pool below the house his father rising naked from the stream hung with the mists of early morning naked with enormous chest huge flanks his beard black then and sweeping across his chest his great thigh shining with the dripping water primitive primeval in the heart of the early morning silence 
many many other pictures of those first days but always olva and his father moving together speaking but seldom sitting before the fire in the evenings watching the blaze despising the world the contempt that his father had for his fellow beings had a man ever been so alone olva himself had drunk of that same contempt and welcomed his solitude at harrow the world had been with him a place of war of hostility until he had struck that blow in sanit wood he remembered the eagerness with which at the end of term he had hastened back to his father after the noise and clatter of school life how wonderful to go back to the still sound of dripping water to the crackle of dry leaves underfoot to the heavy solemn tread of cattle to those evenings when at his father's side he heard the coals click in the fire and the old clock on the stairs wheeze out the passing minutes that relationship with his father had been until this term the only emotion in his life and now and now it was incredible this change that had come to him first there was margaret and then after her mrs craven rupert lawrence cardiac bunning all these persons in varying degree had become of concern to him the world that had always been a place of smoke of wind of sky was now of a sudden crowded with figures he had been swept from the hilltop down into the market-place he had been given perhaps one keen glance of a moving world before he was drawn from it altogether now just as he had tasted human companionship and loved it must he die he knew too that his recent popularity in the college had pleased him he wanted them to like him he was proud to feel that because he was he therefore cardiac resigned willingly his place to him but if cardiac knew him for a felon knew that he might be hanged in the dark and flung into a nameless grave what then if cardiac knew what rupert craven almost knew would not his horror be the same the world did it only know to-morrow was the day of the dublin match olva and cardiac were both playing and at the end of the game choice might be made between them did olva care he did not know but margaret was coming and in the back of his mind he wanted to show her what he could do and yet whilst that shadow hovered in the outer court how little a thing this stir and movement was no tumult that the material world could ever make could sound like that whisper that was with him now again in the room with him at his very heart all things betray thee the respite was over bunning came in change had seized bunning here now was the result of his having pulled himself together olva could see that the man had made up his mind to something and that further he was resolved to keep his purpose secret it was probably the first occasion in bunning's life of such resolution there was a faint colour in the fat cheeks the eyes had a little light and the man scarcely spoke at all lest this purpose should trickle from his careless lips also as he looked at olva his customary devotion was heightened by an air of frightened pride olva watching him was apprehensive the devotion of a fool is the most dangerous thing in creation well have you seen craven again yes uh, we had a talk what did he say oh nothing 
rot he didn't stop and talk to you about the weather come on bunning what have you been up to i haven't been up to anything the man's lips were closed for another half an hour bunning sat at a chair before the fire silent every now and again he flung a glance at olva sometimes he jerked his head towards the window as though he heard a step he had the look of a christian going into the amphitheatre to face the beasts two about eleven o'clock of the next morning olva went to see margaret he had written to her the night before and asked her not to tell rupert the news of their engagement immediately but when the morning came he could not rest with that he must know more it was a damp misty morning the fine frost had gone he was going to margaret to try and recover some reality out of the state that he was in the recent incidents craven's suspicions the fifth of november evening bunning's alarm the scene with margaret had dragged him for a time from that conviction that he was living in an unreal world that day when he had run in the snowstorm from sanit wood had seemed to him during these last weeks absurd and an effect obviously of excited nerves now on this morning of the dublin match he awoke again to that unreal condition the bedmaker the men passing through the court beneath his windows the porter at the gate these people were unreal and above him around him the mist seemed ever about to break into new terrible presences this thing is wearing me down i shall go off my head if something definite doesn't happen and then there in his room with the stupid breakfast things still on the table the consciousness of the presence of god seized him so that he felt as though the pursuit were suddenly at an end and there was nothing left now but complete submission in this world of wraiths god was the most certain presence there remained only margaret perhaps she could recover reality for him he went to her he found her waiting for him in the little drawing-room and he could not see her he knew then that the pursuing shadow had taken a new step it was literally physically true the room was there the shining things the knick-knacks the mirror the scent of oranges he could see her body her black dress her eyes her white neck the movement towards him that she made when she saw him coming but there was nothing there it was as though he had been asked to love a picture he could not think of her at all as margaret craven or of himself as olva doon only in the glass's reflection he saw the white road stretching to the wood i really am going off my head she'll see that something's up and then from the bottom of his heart far away as though it had been the cry of another person oh how i want her how i want her he took her in his arms and kissed her and felt as though he were dead and she were dead and that they were both being so young and eager for life struggling to get back existence again her voice came to him from a long distance olva how ill you look what is it why don't you tell me there's something the matter with you all and you all keep me in the dark he said nothing and she went on very gently it would be so much better dear if you were to tell me after all i'm part of you now aren't i perhaps i can help you his own voice from a long distance said i don't think that you can help me margaret she put her hand on his arm and looked up into his face 
i am trying to help you all but it is so difficult if you will tell me nothing and olva dear if it is something that you have done something that you are afraid to tell me believe me dear that there's nothing nothing in the world that you could have done that would matter to me now i love you nothing can alter that he tried to feel that the hand on his arm was real with a great effort he spoke have you told rupert mother told him last night what did he say i don't know but they had a terrible scene rupert her lip quivered went away without a word last night only he told mother that if i would not give you up he would never come into the house again but he loves me more than anyone in the world and he can't do without me i know that he can't and i know that he will come back mother wants to see you perhaps you will go up to her she had moved back from him and was looking at him with sad perplexity he knew that he must seem strange and cold standing there in the middle of the room without making any movement towards her but he could not help himself he seemed to have no power over his own actions coming up to him she flung her arms around his neck olva olva tell me i can't endure it but slowly he detached himself from her and left her as he went through the dark close passage he wondered how god could be so cruel when he came into mrs craven's room he knew that her presence comforted him the dark figure on the faded sofa by the fire seemed to him now more real than anything else in the world although mrs craven made no movement yet he felt that she encouraged him to come to her that she wanted him the room was very dark and bare and although a large fire blazed in the hearth it was cold beyond the window a misty world dank with dripping trees stretched to a dim horizon mrs craven did not turn her eyes from the fire when she heard him enter he felt as though she were watching him and knew that he had drawn a chair beside the sofa suddenly she moved her hand towards him and he took it and held it for a moment she turned and he saw that she had been crying i had a talk with my son last night she said at last and her voice seemed to him the saddest thing that he had ever heard we had always loved one another until lately last night he spoke to me as he has never spoken before he was very angry and i know that he did not mean all that he said to me but it hurt me i'm afraid mrs craven that it was because of me rupert is very angry with me and he refuses to consent to margaret's marriage with me is not that so yes but it is not only that for many weeks now he has not been himself with me i am not a happy woman i have had much to make me unhappy my children are a very great deal to me i think that this has broken my heart mrs craven if there is anything that i can do that will put things right if i can say anything to rupert if i can tell him anything explain anything i will i think i can tell you mrs craven why it is that rupert does not wish me to marry margaret i have something to confess to you then he was defeated at last he had surrendered in another moment the words i killed carfax and rupert knows that i killed him would have left his lips but mrs craven had not heard his words her face was turned away from him again and she spoke in a strange monotonous voice as one speaks in a dream 
the words seemed to be created out of the faded sofa the misty window the dim shadowy bed she was crying her hands were pressed to her face the words came between her sobs it is too much for me all these years i have kept silence now i can bear it no longer if rupert leaves me it will kill me but unless i speak to someone i shall die of all this silence i cannot bear any longer to be alone with god was it his own voice were these his own words had things gone so far with him that he did not know i cannot bear any longer to be alone with god was that not his own perpetual cry mr doone i killed my husband in the silence that followed the only sound was her stifled crying and the crackling fire you knew from the beginning no i did not know but you were different from all the others i felt it at once when i saw you you knew you understood you were sorry for me i am sorry i understand but i did not know let me tell you she turned her face towards him and began to speak eagerly he took her hands between his oh the relief now at once after all these years of silence fifteen years it happened when rupert was a tiny boy you see he was a bad man i found it out almost at once after a month or two but i loved him madly utterly i did not care about his being bad that does not matter to a woman but he set about breaking my heart it amused him margaret was born he used to terrify me with the things that he would teach her he said that he would make her as big a devil as he was himself i prayed god that i might never have another child and then rupert was born from that moment my one prayer was that my husband might die at last my opportunity came he fell ill dreadful attacks of heart and one night he had a terrible attack and i held back the medicine that would have saved him i saw his eyes watching me pleading for it i stood and waited he died she stopped for a moment then her words came more slowly it was a very little thing it was not a very bad thing he was a wicked man but god has punished me and he will punish me until i die all these years he has pursued me urging me to confess i have fought and struggled against it but at last he has beaten me he has driven me oh the relief the relief she looked at him curiously if you did not know why did i feel that you understood and sympathized have you no horror of me now for answer he bent and kissed her cheek i am very lonely i too know what god can do then she clung to him as though she would never let him leave her End of chapter thirteen